So as you guys know, because my husband preached last week, looking good. <laughs> um, we're in like a really weird season. <laughs> we have a kid. He's so cute. We love him. He's this pasty little firecracker and we love him. But we're also experiencing this new realm of fostering. And so right now I am I guess legally a parent of three, and um, we are in, I would say, survival mode. I'm sure you guys have experienced that before. And when I'm in survival mode, I actually love myself in survival mode. It is my best version of me. When I like am comfortable and things are good and the kids are in pre-K or whatever, and I, I'm cool, like it's all right, I don't mind. But when I'm in survival mode, it's like I was a warrior in a past life or something. I come up with these things and I can just get things done. And I have learned so many things over the past month, um, adding two more people to our household. And one of them is about snacks. Moms, snacks are life, okay? You get a nap, you get a snack, your kid is a different person. That's all, and frankly, me too. Okay, <laughs> so I have learned this like little technique and it may not be hygienic, so don't judge me if you're like into nutrition and cleanliness, but when I've got three kids in my back seat, one of them screaming, one of it's usually kicking the seat or kicking the other kid or whatever's happening and it's just mayhem. We've all been there, chaos, mayhem, you are about to lose it. It's time for McDonald's, obviously. So we go and we get french fries or ice cream or sometimes a little bit of both, but the problem is, is McDonald's makes their fries hot. Thank you, McDonald's, I guess. It's a problem for me though, because they're too hot for my kids' mouths. So now I have three kids in my back seat. They're all screaming. I am like this close to joining along and I have this hot bag of fries that nobody can eat. They can see it, they know I've gotten them a snack, but they don't understand in their sweet little minds that it's too hot and mommy is holding it off for a reason, okay? So now they're screaming more, and now I'm thinking, what do I do, what do I do, what do I do? Here you go. Dashboard, air conditioning. You take those french fries, stick them right on in there, 30 seconds, cool. You're welcome, it's not trademarked yet, you're free to use that. So yes, there you go. We pick these things up and it's just amazing what we're able to do. The capacity that I am able to hold right now is shocking. I never would have expected it and I know it's only because the spirit is with me. Praise God. And it's not just those like silly little things. Yeah, there's those silly little things like if you sleep all night, I'll give you a cookie in the morning. That one's a good one too. But it's those spiritual things. It's those emotional strips emotional things, and that's highly biblical. And it's not just motherhood. Um, I don't know. So in, um, oh, okay, sorry, I can't skip this. This is way too good. So in those moments when we feel like we're about to kind of lose it, we have the option to be full of the spirit and walk in that, or we have the option to fall apart. And we often start the day with good intentions, but it kind of gets a little hairy. And I've got a little video to show you to show you how I feel. No, I just feel like I want to be more patient with the kids and just be present in the moment. Get in bed! No one is listening. Why isn't anyone listening? Just get in bed! You haven't brushed your teeth. You haven't taken a bath. Where are your pants? What do you mean you peed on the floor? Why is everyone out of bed? Get back in bed. Why are we out of bed? You know what? You know what? I'm done. I'm done. Enough. Amen. 
I relate. Amen. And it's not even just with kids. I mean, you guys all know this is not just motherhood. This is every day. Go to work or whatever it is that you guys are experiencing. Um, but what I find is I have these great intentions in the morning. And this isn't just as a mother. This is as a Christian. I have my little quiet time with Jesus. And I'm like, I'm going to be such a good Christian today. And then by the time I get to lunch and somebody's cut me off, I'm screaming at the top of my lungs. And I am the poorest example of Christ I've ever been. And um, I keep finding myself thinking, like, why is that happening? I think, I think I'm stronger than this. I think I can handle more than this. And now I'm falling apart. Um, and the word that I've always come back to, and um, this can... Yeah, I mean, this can mean m multiple things, but for me, um, the word I always come back to is capacity. So when I think about myself as a Christian, as a mother, as a pastor, I think about I'm a vessel. I'm not Jesus. I am not uh, ageless. I am not perfect. I don't have just more and more and more to give at all times, and I just replenish myself because I'm not God. So I think about what does my capacity look like if I were a vessel how much do I really have to pour out? And I think at the end of the day, you find out when you're on empty. And the word teaches us how to increase that, basically. It says in Romans 5, 3 through 5, um, basically capacity is biblical. It says, we can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials, for we know that they help us develop endurance. And endurance, before we keep going, is basically the power to get through unpleasant or difficult issues. So it develops our ability to walk through those difficult things, okay? It increases our capacity when we rejoice. And in verse 4, endurance develops strength of character. Lord, I need that. That is our mental or moral qualities. How many of you want better strength of character? Oh my goodness. Isn't that like the whole reason we are with the Lord? We need that. My goodness. And character strengthens our confident hope in salvation. And this hope will not lead to disappointment. For we know how dearly God loves us. Because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. Okay? So our capacity ends. The Spirit's capacity does not. But in order for us to drink of that capacity, to fill up on what he has to offer, we have to drink of it. We can't expect ourselves to be Jesus. But Christianhood or motherhood is, unfortunately, highly sacrificial as many of you know, from the beginning to the end, you give your body, you give your time, you give your nights, you give your days, you give everything you have, you give your body. I mean, my goodness, it requires everything. It's highly sacrificial. So how on earth are you expected to run that race with endurance and build strength of character when you have these tiny things around you sucking the life out of you, right? <laughs> That's sure how it feels sometimes. <laughs> um, let me just tell you, you're not alone. And I hate, I hate it because this is a product of the fall. But listen to what it says in Genesis 3.16. God says, I will increase your pain when you give birth. And you will be in great pain when you have children. 
I don't think it ends with just the birth, okay? It's expected that there will be a level of sacrifice, and frankly, because of that, a level of suffering. Sacrifice requires it. That's how it works. You have to give it, right? Um, this is also, note, the first time any kind of suffering is even talked about in the Bible besides the punishment of the serpent or Satan. The first time is us and children related. So we're winning. Stop complaining, okay? <laughs> um, suffering, of course, isn't the ultimate plan. That's not what God designed for us, but that's where we are with the fall, and I'm thankful for it because that's what brings me closer to him. Um, and I think we love as a culture to remove ourselves from it. What is the popular narrative? Get as far away from discomfort as you can and find your happiness. Find what makes you feel good. Don't, don't, why would you have children? They're annoying. <laughs> I mean, that is the narrative we're experiencing, I think, right now in popular culture. Um, but suffering is what creates in us that strength of character. In Isaiah 48, 10, it says, Behold, I have refined you, but not as silver. I have tried you in the furnace of affliction. And in Job 23, 10, it says, But he knows the way that I take. When he has tried me, I shall come out as gold. I don't know if you guys buy fancy stuff. I don't like to use the word cheap, but I'm basically cheap. I love to buy little jewelry here and there, and it's, I never spend more than like $10 because that's just how I am. But what I find is I love gold. I love the look of gold. The aesthetic is nice. It's very trendy right now. I'm not going to buy gold. There's just no way. So what I do is I buy fake rings that are coated in gold, and I put them on my hand, and inevitably two weeks later I'm frustrated because what happens? Yes, your fingers turn green. Gross. I mean, ugh. Who, who thinks? Ugh, gross. The problem is it's not pure, and that fakeness, that impurity seeps out past that exterior facade, and at some point, you're going to realize it's not pure. It's not gold. The only way to fill up on the spirit and to, I think, function in the way that you can in purity and in holiness as a mother is to let God refine you. And it's easy because you can do it through being one. <laughs> you can do it with your children. Um, I know I want to be gold. I want to be the good stuff. And um, I think it's somewhat similar to um, working out. How many of you guys would love to have a summer bod in the next couple weeks? <laughs> Bo's like, mm. yes. I mean, I think all of us do, so don't try to lie to me. Everybody wants to have a summer bod. Everybody wants to have their six-pack working. Everybody wants to feel confident in their swimsuit. But how many of us have actually gone to the gym this week? Don't raise your hands and brag to me. <laughs> it takes work, okay? If you want to be strengthened in character and you want to be stronger, you have to lift weights. You got to work out. What happens when you're lifting weights? Your muscles are tearing apart to build longer, stronger muscles. That is like the ultimate sacrifice for that six-pack, okay? The same thing happens with us as we're purified. We have to experience that purification through trial and through suffering if we want to end up as gold, if we want that strength of character as not just mothers, but as Christians. So we embrace it. Can you embrace suffering? 
crickets. It is tough. I mean, I think if you don't have the Lord, it's impossible. But the Christian walk should embrace it because we know what it leads to. The endurance leads to strength of character and leaves us with hope and salvation. Why would we not embrace that? Is that not what we're actually after in the end? Um, but when we talk about suffering and sacrifice, I know this is all like, okay, wow, I already had a hard morning. What are we talking about right now? Um, we end up at the end of the night feeling very empty. And I don't think it's just me. I was just having a conversation with one of my brothers talking about he's feeling empty. He's feeling unfilled by a spirit. And it's challenging because he's not able to have that strength of character that he's used to. And um, David puts it really well, I think, in Psalm 22. Now, to be, to be fair, he is, like, legitimately experiencing, like, people are coming after his life. But I do feel like this at the end of the day, as a mom sometimes. He says, in Psalm 22, I'm going to go down to verse 14, you guys. It says, my life is poured out like water, and all my bones are out of joint. My heart is like wax melting within me. My strength has dried up like sun-baked clay. My tongue sticks to the roof of my mouth. You have laid me in the dust and left me for dead. Moms, who has been there? Thank you. Thank you for being honest. It's tough. I know everyone has as well. Life is a battle. And if you don't feel empty at the end of the day, Praise God, it could be the spirit, and maybe you're doing really well, but it's probably because you're not filling up on him. So we end the day feeling empty. Moms were running on caffeine and sugar and Instagram quotes. It's no wonder we don't fit in our college pants anymore. We cannot build that capacity on our own. We will continually find ourselves empty continually, and the cycle will never end until the Spirit steps in. We cannot increase capacity without him. So, now that we're empty, we're going to fill up. Our primary goal as mothers cannot be to mother. It has to be to become the best image of Christ first. When I'm in a plane, I, I'm always really nervous, so I, like, secretly listen really well at the beginning when they tell you, like, where the exits are, but I pretend, like, oh, yeah, I've flown before. <laughs> I'm not really listening, but I actually am. I'm like, yeah, noted. Okay, that's the exit. That's where I'm going to go when we crash. Okay? <laughs> and they always talk about the oxygen, and I'm like, this is, like, scary, guys, but okay. They talk about the oxygen. They show you the little thing where you put it over your mouth, and it's apparently supposed to inflate, but don't worry if it doesn't. I don't know why, but they tell you something very specific. You can't put it on yourself first. Or sorry, that's not it. <laughs> Mommy brain. You can't put it on your child or whoever you have with you first, which seems counterproductive, right? You, of course, you want to be the person. You want to be the hero. You want to put it on them first, right? Yeah. Then everyone sees you being the hero. You know, you make sure that person's taken care of. Meanwhile, you're dying. And guess what happens if you die before you get the mask on them? They also don't have any oxygen. So they tell you, counterintuitive to a mother, you must first put the oxygen on your own face 
so you have a steady stream of life in order to be able to do the same for your children. We have to make sure, because it's not our first instinct all the time. We have to be full if we're expecting ourselves to pour out. It's just math, <laughs> okay? Um, Romans fifteen thirteen says, I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust him. Then, only then, will you overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. Not through your power. We overflow through the Holy Spirit's power. Psalm 81.10 says, For it was I, the Lord your God, who rescued you from the land of Egypt. Open your mouth wide, and I will fill it with good things. Psalm 103.5 says, He fills my life with good things, and my youth is renewed like the eagles. How many of you would like to feel like your youth is renewed? Like your life has been filled with good things. And like when you're parenting, when you're just being a Christian, when you're at work, when you're talking to challenging people, when you're facing trials, instead of falling apart, the spirit becomes an overflow. That power cannot come from you. It can only come from him. So we've talked about a couple of things. We empty out our Christian life, our life as a parent, whatever it might be. We live to empty ourselves out. We want to pour out on every situation. We want to pour into people, and that's what God has called us to. But primarily, before we can do that, we have to sustain. And the only way to fill up is by the power of the Holy Spirit. And he is there ready to pour it out. But how do we do that? I'm a little biased. <laughs> Worship. <laughs> I'm just going to make that my number one thing. There's more, I promise. Um, to me, and it might just be because, you know, I'm inclined to music, but I believe that worship brings us perspective. You start talking about who God is and what he's meant to you, you're going to figure out real quick how small your problems are. He's going to restore you real quick because he's going to remind you of how big he is. And your trust will renew you. That faith will build in worship. You will be full. The spirit, not only just that perspective shift, but the spirit will literally rest with you more heavily when he's in your presence. Why would you not want to be there? Why would you not want to worship and connect with him? Um, so not just for moms, but for everyone. We talk about this all the time. We've got something called Daily Presence um, that our church is, it's like an initiative to, to help you throughout the week continue to build that strength of character, to help you continue to build that capacity as a Christian so that you can pour out instead of constantly feeling like you need to be poured into. And that Daily Presence tells us that we need to be in worship with him. And that is so important. It needs to be every day. And you might not be a singer. God doesn't care. If you want to fill up, start singing. Or just talk the words. If you want to fill up, you'll get over that part real fast. Just put the music on. 
Listen to it as you're driving. Listen to it while you're home with the kids. It's amazing what a worship song will do to change the environment of a situation. It's just crazy. Man. Um, my goodness. Oh, goodness. And I love this, too. Uh, one of the stories I always return to when it comes to worship and, like, the shift. We just sing. Everything changes, you know. I can't stay the same when I'm in your presence. You really can't. Um, Moses when he goes up to receive the Ten Commandments, actually, he goes up a mountain and he meets with the Lord. And at this time, you know, it was pre-Jesus. We weren't able to just enter into his presence willy-nilly. He comes into the presence of God. And when he returns from the mountain to be with his people again, there's a glow about him. And I believe we can experience that too. It's the change. It's that shift. It's that resting of the Spirit over us as we worship um, the second thing is obvious, again, <laughs> the word. You just got to be in it. If you're ending your day empty, the first thing you should be thinking is, was I in the word today? And let me tell you, the answer will probably be no. You've got to be in the word. You've got you to gotta drink it like water. You've got to be in the word. I am busy because I have children. I honestly listen to it more than I read it. That's fine. Do what you need to do to make sure you're in the word and it is written on you and you are constantly meditating on those truths of who God is. And then the third thing I would say is conversation or prayer. We cannot pray at church and then never talk to God throughout the week. If he is the great provider and he sustains us and he fills us up, we should be in conversation with him, I'm drinking of that water more than we eat or drink physical food. You can't go a day without eating. Well, you can, but you're going to be real cranky by the time you're done. You have to continue to eat to live. You have to continue to drink to live. Why do we think our spirit will continue to live if we don't drink of the living water? It's crazy. We have to be in conversation with him all the time. All the time. Let him in. Let him into every single thing you do. As a mother, let him into all those decisions. Let him into those rough moments where you just raised your voice. Let him in and keep that conversation going. Um, and lastly, I would just um, say this. We're talking a lot about doing, and I think we're exhausted sometimes already. And you come to church, and they tell you what to do. And you're like, okay, that's another thing on my to-do list, I guess. I would tell you this, and this is hard. If the Spirit's the priority and he's the sustainer, where is he at on the list? What we're doing that makes us busy, when we step back in prayer and think about what it really is, I would say the majority of the time it's unneeded. And it's another thing that's just filling time it's filling capacity, and it's taking over what he has available for you. And moms, this is where I think it comes in, because we're the ones that dictate often the schedule of our family. We're the ones that tell our children when they can make an additional recreational choice. We're the ones that decide when we need to do this social engagement and this social engagement and this thing and volunteer for this thing and sign up for this thing as well. Our role tends to be in this arena, so it's our responsibility to protect not just your own, but your family's priority of making Christ the center. And that can be in rest. 
I'm not saying sign up for eight more things at church. I'm saying sign up for Jesus. <laughs> Make him priority. Um, he is the only restoration. So I would just ask you to look at, look at your to-do list. Look at your list of responsibilities and hobbies and your families as well. And think through, if we're ending the day exhausted and empty, and we feel like God has called us to pour out more spiritually, what can we remove? What time vampires can we get rid of so that the Lord has the space to truly fill us so we're not empty at the end of the day? Um, and then I, I'll leave you with this because this psalm to me, it's so repeated and it's so, um, it's general. But today I want to read it on behalf of moms. <laughs> and I want you to think about the, the lyrics. I guess it is. It's a psalm, so it's a song. I want you to think about the, the verses in here. Um, as it pertains to parenting, motherhood, and the mothers in your life, and how you can um, foster this more in your family, and how you, if you're not a mom, can help the moms in your life foster this more. Um, it's Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. You're either going to let him make you and go along for it, or you're going to end up sick and empty, and you're going to have no choice. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters, and he restores my soul. He guides me in the paths of righteousness for the sake of his name. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil, for you are with me, and your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies, and you anoint my head with oil. And listen to this. My cup overflows. Where does that oil come from? Him. Surely, goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. If you need a road map, to filling up, get to Psalm 23. Trust me, you can find it on Pinterest in like 80 different <laughs> images. <laughs> he will make us lie down in green pastures. He doesn't mean another pedicure. He doesn't mean, need, mean another night out. He means his presence. Let's walk into it because that is where the overflow comes from. Let's fill up on him and at the end of the day, Maybe we'll have just a little bit more for bedtime when it's real tough. <laughs> Sound good?